uh, we're having a Aloha send off and party, and and you know our family, you guys have blessed us and um, so tremendously with a trip, uh, you know, to Hawaii for our family. And man, we we just you know don't have the words uh, to that's adequate enough to say thank you. And this week I was praying, and I was just asking the Lord. I was I was just simply as I was praying for all of you guys. I was just simply asked the Lord, I said, Lord, how do you say thank you? How do you, you know, I mean, how do I stand in front of these people that have sowed into our lives and, and, um, and blessed us so, so extravagantly? You know, I said, how do you even, where do you even start to say thank you for that? And, uh, and you know, the Lord started, started talking to me about, um, started talking to me about some things, and he said this, he said, he said, uh, he said I want you to teach on honor this morning. And he said, uh, he said, I want you to teach it from the standpoint. He said, here's what I want you to tell them. He said, he said, I want you to, he said, I want you to share with them what they can expect because they honored you as their pastor. And so I was like, I was like, that's pretty good, you know, because one of the things, as I shared just a few moments ago, one of the things that that I haven't done a great job of over these last uh, 18 years or so, uh, or six, 15, 16 years that Destiny's been here. Uh, since we started Destiny, is is teaching on, um, you know, honoring the men and women of God in your life. Because I, cause I have been in places where, where people have uh, taught so much about that that it's, to me, it, to me it almost seems self-serving and, and it just put a bad taste in my mouth, you know. But just, how many of you know that just because one person abuses something, it doesn't make the principle wrong? And if it's a biblical principle, then it's still a biblical principle. And, and, you know, and, and once you learn the truth, it'll take that bad, that bad taste out of your mouth. Amen? And uh, so, so I was talking to the Lord about that, and, and he told me this. He said, he said I'm going to give you an out today because he said, he said I'm going to let you teach on honor, honoring the pastor and, and honoring the men, not just the pastor, but the, the, the important, important people in your life, and first and foremost, honoring God. But he said, he said, I want to, he said, I want to let you teach on that after they've already received it. So, in other words, you guys have already, already taken up the offering and, and already uh, blessed us with this trip, you know, and, and everything. So, so it's not like I'm asking you to, uh, I'm not going to pass the offering buckets at the end of the service saying, come on, get some more, get some more, you know. Uh, so you don't have to worry about that, okay. But, but what the Lord told me, he said, he said, I want you to teach and I want you to show them through the Word what they can expect, number one, when they honor the correct way. And one of the ways that, one of the ways that you can always, uh, uh, one of the techniques of teaching is that a lot of times, sometimes you show people uh, the opposite of it before you show them the positive of it. In other words, you know, if, if you can honor somebody, that also means you can dishonor them. That means you can, you can withhold honor from people. The, the truth is, and, and I think everybody in here would agree with this. Um, some of the younger ones may not understand this to the point, but, but it, us, us of any, that have any age to us whatsoever would probably agree and shout amen real loud to the fact, to this statement, that, that honor is something that we have lost in America. This country, the place we're in right now, you look in the political scene, you look at, well, I mean, you, you don't even have to look. You look in, in the house, household, you look in the school system, you look in colleges, you look, you know, at the way the news media treats people. This, this you know, this country lacks honor. 
when you see when you see kids disrespecting their parents with with their parents just let them ha- let them do it that's a disgrace when you see kids disrespect teachers in their in their classrooms and the teachers can't do anything because the kids have more power than the teachers that's a disgrace when you see when you see the news media and and political parties treat uh, the president, and regardless of what what side you're on, you know the president, the office of the president should be treated with respect and honor. Amen. Now, I'm not going to get political, but but that's a true statement. And and if all, all it takes is about five minutes to turn on any of the news stations, and you will see that honor is lacking in this country at this time. We, you know, Brother Hagen, Brother Hagen taught for years. He taught us, I, I remember him saying this and speaking directly to us. He said, you know, and, and the Lord spoke to him back, you know, I mean, back in the 60s or maybe even earlier than that, uh, and told him that, he said, he said this generation, he said this, this whole generation will, will lose faith unless you teach it to them. And you know, and one of the reasons that honor is that that we're seeing what we're seeing in America today is because honor hasn't been taught. You know, when you see, I mean, you know, people won't even they don't even raise their kids to say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am anymore. Thank you, you're welcome, things like that. I mean, to me, it, I, I don't know. I mean, you may have a different theory on that, but I, I man, when I was raised, when when I was brought up. I mean, I was, you know, I had forced obedience. <laughs> you know, if I didn't say thank you and you're welcome and yes, ma'am and no, ma'am and and if I, boy, I mean, I knew I found out real quick that it was a lot easier to say that than not to say it. And I was taught how to respect people, and you know, uh, and and it's just the way. And I thank God I was brought up that way. That that you know that I learned how to honor people. But, um, okay, so I'll get off my soapbox now, and we'll get back to the Word. So, um, but, so anyway, so what about honor? How, where does honor, is, is honor a subject that, that, uh, that the Word talks about? And actually, the Word talks a lot about honor. And the Word talks, I mean, there's, a, there's a, a lot of stuff in here. And, man, you could go for weeks and weeks and weeks teaching on it. So I'm just going to hit some high spots. I'm going to give you some references to some scriptures and just kind of tell the story and encourage you to go and read those stories because if you really read them and get down into the meat of the stories, there's a lot more in there. But here in Second Timothy, this is a this is a scripture that that um, that that I that I pray a lot and that that I that I use a lot. And this is Second Timothy chapter two, and we're just going to start. Um, we'll just start with verse number twenty, and we're picking kind of in the middle here, but uh, right in the middle of some thoughts. But but uh, it says this in Second Timothy two twenty. It says, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. And if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Now what Paul was talking about here was this. He said that, that you know, you go into a oh, you go into any house. He, he says a great house, but but you go into any house and there's there's uh, plates and cups and there's the you know and and you always have uh, most people have like maybe even have fine china that you bring out when the when when a special guest comes and you know and you use them instead of the paper plates or something like that you know and 
you know, but, but you, have, you have certain things that you do that you honor people that, that, you know, that are used for honor. And then you have receptacles like trash cans that you throw stuff away in, right? I mean, and, and you know, some are used for the best and some is used for the worst. You have vessels like that in, both house, or in, in, in every house. Well, Paul, was, he, he used that example and he used it in the same way. He turned it around and started using it. And started saying, and started using the example of, of, of that, you know, having vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. And then he said, and you're the same way. You get to choose. I get to choose. Listen, it's a choice that we make. We get to choose whether we're going to be a vessel of honor that's fit for the kingdom's use that God can use at any time, or whether we're going to be a vessel of dishonor, which, how many of you know that uh, most people aren't real proud of their trash cans? You know, like if I go over to your house, the first thing you're going to show me is not going to be, hey, pastor, come look at my trash can. Why? Because your trash can holds trash. And a lot of times it gets dirty, right? Because trash goes in it. Well, and if, before you show it to somebody, you're going to have to clean it up a little bit if, if, you, if you wanted to show that to somebody. But what Paul said was this, that we have to cleanse ourselves of, of, all, of all this stuff. And, and you can read the, in the first part of chapter 2, he talks about you know, cleaning your life of things and different things like that. But he says that if you cleanse yourself and you make yourself available to God and you do what God tells you to do, that you become a vessel of honor, fit and meet to use at the Master's will. In other words... I want to be the type, of, uh, the type of vessel, and I pray this. This is one of my prayers that I pray on a continual basis. You know, Lord, let me be a vessel of honor today that you can pour your spirit through. You know, let, you know, let me live my life in such a way that regardless of the time, regardless of the place, regardless of who's around or where I am, that you can call on me at a second's notice and I'll be ready to be used by you. That's a vessel of honor. That is, that, is when, that is when I make the choice myself to, to cleanse me, to cleanse my life, to keep my life clean through the help of the Lord, through, the, through His blood, that, but my life is clean and I am a vessel of honor that whenever He needs somebody to go share the gospel or to go bless somebody or to go do something, that He knows that He can call on me at a moment's notice and I'm a vessel of honor that He can use. That should be every one of our goals. Because that, that is, you know, and, and, and you choose. You get to choose whether you're a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor. If you like to listen to gossip and garbage and, and talk about people and stay mad and angry and upset and all those things, then you can be a vessel of dishonor. Or you can rid yourself of all that and you can become a vessel of honor. Amen. Today we're talking about being vessels of honor. And one of the ways we do that is that we honor God, right? I mean, now what is honor? Let's talk about this just for a second. When we talk about honor, what is honor? The, the definition of honor is this. It's to value something. If you honor something, you value it. You cherish it, to esteem it. You treasure it. Honor is not something you give to uh, something that you don't care anything about. If you honor something... You 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 have uh, you have thoughts of you know you you value it. You're gonna it's something of uh, something that you're gonna take care of. If you don't honor something, you'll just throw it out in the yard and just let it waste. But if you honor it, you take care of it and cherish it. Right now, 
all throughout the Scripture, there's, there's examples both of people honoring and people dishonoring. And here's the thing that we have to understand. Every one of us, people are looking at our lives. And, you know, the old saying, we, we hear this said a lot, but it, but it is it, it's true. Sometimes you and I are the only Bible that some people ever, will ever read. The way you respond to things, the way you act in situations, how you treat a waiter or waitress when the service is not good. You know, how you respond when somebody's ugly to you in a situation. There's a story in, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, and, and, and we'll turn there, but I'm just going to read like maybe one or two verses. But 1 Samuel chapter 2 is the story of, uh, it starts out, of course, Samuel is the story of Samuel, but, but it starts out with Samuel's mother, uh, Hannah, and she, she, is, she is barren and she's, she's begging God for a son or for a child. She goes to the temple and Eli is the priest at the temple and, and uh, Hannah goes to the temple and she's crying out to God, asking God for a child because in that day especially, to be barren was, a, was, you know, was, a, was not a very good thing. People looked down on people that were barren. They thought that there was sin in their life or they thought something, you know, they were bad people or whatever the case may be. And Hannah, Hannah was, was seeking God for a child diligently and she told God, she was, she was crying out to God, she said, if you'll give me a child, I will devote him to you. I will give him back to you. Well, and of course, you know, Eli was watching her while she was there praying, and Eli thought she was drunk because she was moving her mouth and she was tears were running down her face, and he thought that she was drunk and just babbling, and he he was trying he he got ready to kick her out of the kick her out of the temple, you know, and, and she explained the situation to him. She said, "No, sir." She said, "I'm not drunk." She said, I, "But I'm I'm heartbroken, and I'm um, you know, and I'm pouring my heart out to God." And, and and then the the prophet told or Eli told her the the priest there told her he said well he said you know we'll go home and and may God give you what what your heart's desire is and we find out that Hannah did become pregnant she had a son Samuel and when when she weaned him most people believe most people believe it's probably somewhere between five to ten years old is when she came back and presented him to the temple that doesn't mean that's that you know I mean basically when when he was old enough to care for himself a little bit is when she brought him to the temple because that is an amazing thing she had a son and then when she had the son she brought him back and she presented him to Eli and said said now he's yours you know, five to ten years old, somewhere like that. So Samuel was raised in the temple. He was raised in the priesthood. He was he he became part of the priesthood's family. And but we find out now. This is interesting. We find out that Eli, at one time, Eli knew God. He was the priest. But we find out very quickly that Eli did not do a good job training his kids, because the Bible tells us his two kids. Uh, Hophnius, or Phineas and Hophnius, they the Bible tells us this, that they were actually the sons of Belial. Sons of the devil. The priest's kids. And and it said that they that they when they got old enough to start running things and start to do the, the, the duties of the priest, that they become so perverted that they set up a prostitution ring. And they were having prostitution right there in the temple that they were stealing from people they were that you know there was a certain there was a certain amount of uh, of meat when people came in to offer sacrifices there was a certain amount of meat in a certain way that the priest and his family would would get would receive some of the meat for themselves to to live on 
Well, they were, instead of doing the, the, what, you know, the, the procedure to do it the right way, they were robbing and taking the best portions that should have been presented to God. They were robbing from the people and taking that for themselves. And it got so bad that the Bible tells us that the people started disdaining, they started despising the offerings of God because of what the, what the two priest's sons were doing. So because of their dishonoring the priesthood, it made other people despise the offering of God. So what they were doing caused other people to rebel against what God told them to do because they dishonored God. The rest of that story goes this way. A prophet came and, and told Eli, I said, look, you know, you know this is wrong and you, know, and you need to correct this. The Bible says that he, you know, that he didn't correct it. He didn't, he didn't make his sons change. He didn't change anything. And then another, another man of God came and told him, he said, because of that, you know, the priesthood is going to be ripped from your family. Your sons are going to die. They died at a young age. Eli died. And what, what could have been a good thing for Eli and his family uh, got ripped from him because he dishonored God. Now, I want just one scripture here. Let's look here in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2. And I want you to look at verse 29. And uh, this, this was, or actually, let's look at verse 27. We'll start with 27. And it says, uh, this is 1 Samuel 2, 27. It says, And there came a man of God unto Eli and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto the house of your father when you were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest? to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of your father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? Wherefore, kick you at my sacrifice. And then he says, and at my offering, and which I have commanded in my habitation, and honorest that I... And he said, he said why, why kick you at my sacrifice and my offerings? which I commanded in my habitation. And he says, and you honor your sons above me. Isn't that something? He says, to make yourself fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel saith, I shall indeed, or I said indeed unto thy house and to the house of your father that you should walk before me forever. But now the Lord said, be it far from me. Now listen to this last statement. For them that honor me, I will honor. And those that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So, he, so the, the man of God told Eli that God, you know, speaking for God, he said, he said, this is what God says. If you honor God, he will honor you. He says, but if you despise the things of God, then you're going to be lightly esteemed. Now that word despise, just real quickly... Uh, when you think of the word despise, we think of a very harsh word. When you say, I despise something, um, that's almost another word. When I think of the word despise, it's almost equal, the way, the way most people use it, it's almost equal to the word hate. If you say, I despise something, you know, you could almost say, I hate it, and it would almost, for most people, it would probably mean about the same thing. But it's interesting that in the, in the word, when you look up that word despise in the, in the scriptures, Listen to some of the definitions of this. To the word despise, he says this, to make light of, to regard as insignificant, to make nothing of, 
to have a lack of appreciation for. That is what the word despise means. In other words, it's not, it's not that you totally hate something, but if you just make light of something, if you, have, if you just don't have an appreciation for something, then according to the word, you despise it. It's kind of like either you honor it or you despise it. Because honor means to, to value it. It means to esteem it. It means to have an appreciation of it. To despise means not to appreciate it. It means to make light of it. In other words, oh, that don't matter. It, it, that, that's not important. Well, then you're despising it. And what God told Eli was this. He said, you chose your sons over me, and you despised the things of God, and you, you honored your, your family, your sons, above me. And how many of you know that the Bible tells us that, that there should be nothing above God? Amen. And because of that, we see, we see that, that, um, that the whole priesthood was ripped from Eli's family and given to somebody else. And actually, Samuel grows up, and, you know, because Eli raised Samuel for, for a few years here, <clears throat> Samuel raised up, and the Bible says that he grew in wisdom, he grew in the, in the favor of God, and then Samuel became, Samuel and his family actually, you know, later on became a priest and became, a, uh, you know, a, a ruler over that time. So, so you see here, when you honor the things of God, well, let me, back, let me say that wrong. When you, when you despise the things of God or you make light of them and you don't have an appreciation for them, then, then God says that you will be lightly esteemed. Versus when you honor God, He says, if you, he said, those that honor me, I will honor them. Now that's just one example. I just wanted to show you an example of somebody who didn't honor. Just one example. And actually we're going to turn to the New Testament and see another one here. Uh, as a matter of fact, you can go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. And you all believe with me so we can get through this. Because I promise you it gets better. We're talking about, we're talking about you know, uh, not honoring at first. But I want to show you, I want to get to, I want to eventually get to... Uh, Talk about, you know, honor's reward and what happens when you honor God the right way. Now, here in Jesus' life, how many of you know that Jesus encountered lots of people that honored him, but he encountered lots of people that didn't honor him? And if Jesus encountered that, then guess what? We'll encounter that as well. You know, I guarantee you. But here in Matthew chapter 13, this is interesting because if you go back even to, to uh, Matthew chapter 12, Jesus was in Capernaum, and when he was in Capernaum, the Bible says in a couple of different instances that everybody that brought everybody that was brought to him, he healed them all. So in Capernaum, he had this great revival, this healing revival that everybody in the whole town got healed. Everybody that came to Jesus was was healed and set free and delivered. And that man, I, I mean, you know, and you could imagine the excitement that was in that town. Then he comes to his hometown, where he was born, where he was raised, where he was raised, I should say, and he comes to his hometown. And all of a sudden he finds this opposition. And he says this in, uh, in uh, we'll just look in verse 44 for a couple of verses. And I want to show you this. He starts giving these parables. And he said this, and, he, and he's talking about the importance of how you, how you see the kingdom of heaven and how you see the things of God. In verse 44 he said this, Matthew 13, 44. Jesus, uh, these are, this is Jesus teaching here. He says, again... The kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, 
The which, when a man hath found it, he hideth it again, and for the joy thereof goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that, buys that field. So in other words, you know, I mean, just so you can understand that, there's a guy out walking in the field one day, he finds a treasure chest that's buried in the field, full of treasure. He covers it back up, runs and finds the owner of the field and says, hey, I want to buy your field. And the owner says, okay, you can buy it. And he sells everything he has to buy that field. Why would he do that? Because he found treasure in it. And when he bought that field, now the treasure was his. God said that that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. We find treasure, then we, we, we do whatever, we, we sell everything we have. We give away everything so that we can have the, what's in the kingdom. He tells another one in verse 45. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he has found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So here's this guy that's in business, and he, he buys and sells pearls. He finds this one pearl that's the greatest one he's ever found. It's the prettiest one, the most perfect one. It's the greatest one that he's ever found. He, and he says that he goes and sells everything he has so he can buy this one pearl. Jesus said that's what the kingdom is like. You, you know, what, when you find a treasure, you'll do whatever it takes to get it. And the kingdom of God is like that. When you find out how good God is, you'll give up everything because God is that good. Amen. Amen. Now, fast forward down here to, uh, and he says, he talks about some other stuff about end times and different things, but, um, but look down at verse 53. And it says this, it says, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, that he departed from there. And when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished, and they said, Whence hath this man this wisdom? Or where did, this guy, where did Jesus get this wisdom? And how, did he, how does he do in all these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary, and his brethren James and, and John, or Joseph, and Simeon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not with, uh, all with us? Whence then hath this man... All these things. In other words, here's what they said. Jesus shows up. He, he just had this great revival in Capernaum. Everybody got healed. Everything's, I mean, just had an incredible, incredible time there in Capernaum. He comes to his hometown. He starts teaching and preaching the very same things and, and sharing, about, sharing about what happened in Capernaum and, 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 and how many great things that God's doing through him and all these things. And then, but the whole crowd started saying this. Who does this guy think he is? He was born here. I mean, man, we knew his, his, that's Joseph. That's the carpenter's son. I mean, come on. His mom, in his mom's name, what's, what's her name? Mary? Oh, Mary over there or something? I mean, who does he think he is? And his brothers and sisters live with us, and they're here in this town, and we know all about him. We know everything. Who does he think he is? Well, guess what? There was a big difference in the way they received him Versus the way Capernaum received him. Now look at, look at the next verse, because this is very important. Verse 57. And they were offended in him. So they took offense that this little, this little boy named Jesus, who they grew up with, could think that he could leave town and become something big. And they got offended. 
and got upset that he would even he would even try and do these things. But now look at the rest of it. Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. So Jesus said, listen, he said, what, what Jesus was saying there was this, I just came from Capernaum where they honored me. They listened to my, how did they honor him? They listened to his words and they believed what he said. And when they listened and believed what he said, what happened? Everybody was healed. Every demonic person got set free. Every sick person got healed. Every lame person walked out of the meeting totally healed. Jesus said, listen, he said, a prophet, he said a true prophet is not without honor, except in his own hometown and in his own country. So in other words, Jesus says, you know, because you, because you think you know who I am, you're not listening to me. And then, then the most startling verse, verse 58, it says this, And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. If you do not honor the things of God, and you do not honor the Word of God, then you know what? God will not be able to do mighty things in your life. Amen. Now remember what, we, remember, remember what we're talking about. Honor and, uh, from 1 Samuel there, honor and despising. I'll say this, if you despise the Word of God, and remember, despise, the definition we're using from the Bible means to make light of. If you think, oh, well, that's just that Scripture. I've read that a hundred times. It's, that never has worked for me. Well, then guess what? It won't work. Why? Because you just made light of it. Come on, are you all with me? To regard as insignificant. Uh, You know, listen, I've had people come, we've had people come to us for counseling, for for prayer, for healing. And and Brother Hagin used to do this a lot. I've seen Brother Hagin do this. The first couple times I ever saw him do it, I thought, man, I thought he was rude. Because I've seen Brother Hagin come up in a healing line and pray for, you know, you know, and people coming up for prayer, and he'll, he'll ask them, what scripture are you standing on? And they couldn't tell him a scripture, and he'd look at them and say, go turn back around, and he said, go sit back down, said, said, you know, you're not ready. And I've seen him not pray for people, send people back to their seat. And I used to think, that's the rudest thing in the world. But, but I come to realize this. If they, if they didn't care enough about the word to get the word in themselves, what they were looking for was just somebody else to do it for them. And Brother Hagin, now listen, the principle Brother Hagin taught was this. He said, you know, yeah, a lot of people can get healed on my faith. He said, but the point, he said, but the problem is they can't receive, they can't keep their healing. And he said, then that's going to cause a bigger problem. Because if you, if you depend on somebody else to get your healing, you're going to have to depend on them to keep it. Where when you get it yourself, when you get in the Word and you have the Scripture, you honor the Word, you find the Word, you, you get the Word in you and you get healed because of the Word, not because of somebody else, then when, the, when it comes back to attack you again, you've got the Word to go back on. Amen. So, so Jesus said, it said that He could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief, because they didn't honor Him. Capernaum, they honored Him, He healed everybody. Here, they didn't honor him, and then guess what? They didn't get anything. Now listen, we've been talking all year about the supernatural. We've been talking all year about making, you know, allowing the supernatural to become our new natural and, and getting God involved in everything. But you realize that even the supernatural could become normal to us to where we, where we quit esteeming it. 
You think of the children of Israel. Think, you know, we read the story of the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Every morning they got up and, and could you imagine, uh, put yourself in their shoes just for a moment. They, they wake up one morning and they're hungry and all of a sudden they open their door and this white stuff's all over the ground. And they say, they say manna, because actually manna means what is it? <laughs> you know, and so they're like manna, and God says, yeah, manna, take it and eat it. And he says, but just get enough for today, because he said if you get more than, more than one day's supply, it'll, it'll ruin. And he said on the, on the day before the Sabbath, you can get two days. But could you imagine for 40-some years, 40 years, every morning they'd come out of their tent and just pick food up off the ground and ate it? You know, probably after the first year, the first two years, that just become normal to them. They lost, the, they lost the amazement of it. Now, the first day that happened, the second day it happened, the third day, could you imagine, you know, just peeking out of your tent just to see if it was there? Is it there yet? Ah, oh, it's there. But then eventually you just open the tent just knowing it's going to be there, and you just you, you quit valuing it. And when you quit valuing something, when you quit esteeming something, it loses its power. Could you imagine? Now think of this. Could you imagine when, when, they, when they left Egypt, the Bible says that, that a, a, a cloud followed them during the day to keep them shaded and a, a pillar of fire kept them warm at night? Could you imagine how many of them st- stayed up the, the first whole week, didn't get any sleep because they're staring at this pillar of fire? I mean, just like, you, are you seeing this? I mean, this is super, this is crazy. Look at this. But how many of you know by 10 years into it? Oh, yeah, there's the fire. It's nothing. It's been with us, you know, ever since we left Egypt. No big deal. You know, even the, even the most supernatural things can become normal if we're not careful. We need to learn to honor the things of God in our lives, even if they happen every single day. Every day you wake up, you need to say, God, thank you for waking me up today. God, thank you for putting strength in my legs so I can get out of this bed. God, thank you. Thank you for for providing a house for me. Thank you, God, that I can drive in a car and don't have to walk to work. God, that never gets old. You know, we need to learn to honor and to esteem everything God does for us in a new way and in a fresh way and in a way that we that it never never gets old. Amen. Now look at look at Matthew chapter 10. Now let's start looking at Now I just I showed you a couple instances about what happens when you don't honor. And when you and when you uh when you lose respect for the things of God and and you know because I'm sure listen I'm sure Eli when he first started in the ministry and God started touching him and, and moving in his life, I'm sure that he was so on fire for God and, and he was amazed at the things of God. If you, I didn't read that, but if you go on down to the next chapter there in 1 Samuel, the Bible said this, the Bible said that the Word of God was rare in those days. I wonder why. Eli had no respect for the things of God. His kids had no respect for the things of God. Is there any wonder that the Word of God was rare in that day? But Samuel, Samuel didn't know better, and God started speaking to Samuel, and and he started listening, and God started using Samuel and ministering through him. 
I mean, you know, so that's, that's you know, so, so we saw a couple examples of what happens when you don't honor, but let's start talking about what happens when you do honor and what happens when, um, when you do the things, when you honor God first and foremost, because, listen, everything's about Him, right? I mean, we should, he, should be the, he should be the one that we honor the most. He deserves all the glory, all the honor, amen? But here, look at Matthew chapter 10, verse... Uh, Verse 40, uh, let's see, which one? Verse 41. Verse 41. He, Jesus said this, he said, He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Now what's he saying there? He said this, you know, uh, the Bible talks about the Bible talks about uh, how God gives gifts unto men. And the fivefold ministry, the, the pastor, prophet, teacher, uh, evangelist, and uh, the teacher, uh, the fivefold ministry gifts, you know, the, the Bible says that that is, that is a gift that God, that God has given to the church, to the body. And here Jesus said this. Jesus said that if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you'll get a prophet's reward. Now, what, what is that principle? What, what was he talking about? If you expect to receive from God what the very thing that he's going to give you, you'll get that. So a prophet, if, if a prophet, you know, Brother Hagin, they, they taught us this, and, and I, I, I had never heard this, never learned this really before, before I went to Ramah. But, you know, Brother Hagin was a prophet. He, he operated in the prophetic ministry and, and in, the, in the office of a prophet. And, and they would teach us, and they, they taught us, and, and they showed us through the Word, and this, this Scripture and many others, that when somebody stands before you and they operate in a certain gifting, you believe God and you pull that anointing out of them. You know, uh, there's, some, there's some ministers that, uh, you know, well-known ministers that, that, you know, that are on TV, that, that you know, have huge ministries, but, uh, and it doesn't have to be a big name. I'm just using that as an example, and I won't mention any names. But, but you know, there's some of those, those people that are, you know, you can turn on the TV and find them on every channel. And you know what? Some of those guys I just, I cannot listen to. Not because what they're preaching is wrong or, or anything. It's just, you know, uh, I don't know, something to what their voice may be or their, their mannerisms or something. And, and, you know, I just have a hard time sitting in front of the TV and watching them. You know how much I'm going to receive from them? Nothing. But there's other people that I, that I really enjoy listening to. That, man, if I hear their voice, I'll stop what I'm doing just to see what they're saying. You know, and the difference is, those people that I give my attention to, those people that I honor, those people that I lay down everything I'm doing so I can listen to them, I can receive what they have. The people, that, the people that I listen just half-heartedly to or, or get distracted and don't listen and, and don't pay attention to what they're saying, I'm not going to receive anything from them. Listen, dishonor or, or not esteeming and not valuing somebody will shut off what they have for you. And it's not because they didn't want to, it's not because they didn't, they weren't prepared. How many, now, don't raise your hand, but how many of you have ever walked out of a service and thought, man, that wasn't very good? 
You know, man, I, you know, he, he must have had a rough, rough week or a rough night or something because, man, I, that just didn't speak to me at all. You know, we've all, we've all I mean, if, the, if we were honest, we'd all raise both hands and probably say, yeah, I mean, every one of you in here has probably walked out here and thought the same thing of me at times. I mean, I've walked out of places, well-known ministers walked out of there thinking, man, I didn't, you know, I didn't get nothing out of that. But, you know, how many of you know that, that, that the problem was not with the minister? It was with me. Because here, here's something that you need to know, and, and I think all of you understand this. I don't care who stands up in front of you. If they open the Word of God up and, and read a Bible scripture, it can speak to you. They don't have to be the biggest name. They don't have to be the prettiest. They don't have to have the best voice. You know, you know, what, you know what will determine whether you receive from somebody or not? You. You determine that. It's not the person that, that's... Now I, now, I stand up here before you and I prepare. I spend hours every week, you know, in the Word, studying, praying, seeking God, getting a Word, whatever. But, you know, whether you receive or not is not dependent on how many hours I study. Because most of the time, to be honest with you, it's probably something that, that I say just that, that I didn't even have in my notes that matters the most to people. And it's just that, that you're pulling that out of me. You know? And, I mean, so, so just know this, that when you honor, when you, when you esteem, when, when anybody stands up and opens the Word of God, you should value them. You should say, I honor them, because, and, and I'm going to listen to them, and I'm going to pay attention, because I can get something from, from, any time, from anybody that stands up and, and opens up the Word of God. Amen. So he said that when you, when you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you get the prophet's reward. And, and people ask, you know, and I, I teach this in our membership class, People, you know, because people always ask, well, especially new people that come in, well, what, what should we call you? You know, because you'll hear people call pastors, you'll hear them call them pastor or preacher or, or minister or brother or, you know, a lot of, some people just call them by their first name. And, and I always tell people this, I, I, say, I say, you know, I encourage you to call me pastor, and here's the reason I encourage you to do that, because that's the gift that God put on the inside of me. Stephen can't do much for you, but when you call on pastor, when, when, you, when you depend on the gift that God placed on the inside of me, then you're depending on him and not on Stephen. Because Stephen can't do much for you. I'm not very smart, can't talk very good, just, you know, whatever the case may be. But when, but when, you, when you pull pastor out of me, then you know what? Man, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. And it's not because of Stephen, it's because of the gift that God placed on the... When you receive me as your pastor, what do you get? You get a pastor's reward. What's the pastor's reward? The pastor's reward is somebody who will pastor you, who will shepherd you, who will love you and, and feed you and protect you. You realize the Bible says that as a pastor, when I stand before God, when I stand before God... I have to give an account, not only I'll give an account of myself, but I'll give an account of those that he entrusted me with. Now, here's what that means. That don't mean that I, that I have to give an account for all your sin and all your mess-ups and, and all that. I mean, you're responsible for that. But what that means is I'm responsible for making sure that I feed you and that I protect you and that I do everything that God tells me to do to, to pastor you. Amen. I mean, see, that's my calling. 
And I know that's my calling. I've never questioned that. Because, I mean, I just, I, you know, that's one of the things that, that, that deep down on the inside, I know that my calling is to be a pastor. And, and you know, so, so when you receive me as pastor, you get a pastor's reward, which is all of that, all of that encompasses all that encompasses as a shepherd and as a, as a pastor and what the Word says. Now, look at 1 Timothy. Let's turn over here just real quick. I'm going to show you like two more scriptures and then we're, I'm, I'm going to finish up. Way out of time here. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. Now, this was Paul talking to Timothy. And Timothy was a young pastor and and Paul was teaching him. Paul was his spiritual father and a father in the faith and, and, and really, uh, you know, just imparted everything, into, everything he had into Timothy. But Paul told Timothy this in 1 Timothy five seventeen and 18. He says, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Now, isn't that something? Double honor. Especially they who labor in the word and in doctrine. For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Now, look at the Amplified in here, because, because people all the time get, they get all, you know, man, when you start talking about honoring pastors and, and, and doing things like that, people get all out of sorts. But now listen, listen to verse 17 from the Amplified. It says, Let the elders who perform the duties of their office uh, well be considered doubly worthy of honor and of adequate financial support. Yes. Amen. Amen. Especially those who labor faithfully in preaching and teaching. So don't ever let anybody tell you that you shouldn't honor the men and women of God in your life. If you're being fed and, and you have somebody that's, that's looking after you and protecting you as a pastor or as a leader, man, you treat them with respect and honor. And every opportunity you get, you honor them. Why? Because that's only helping you. When you honor them... When you honor them, God will make sure that He honors you back. Now, real quickly, I, we won't even have time to turn there. Second Kings chapter four tells the story of Elisha, and Elisha is starting his ministry. He's he's you know uh, doing his circuit preaching. You know he's he's out roaming the countryside. You know doing he's a prophet, and and Elijah has already already passed away, and he's carrying the mantle that Elijah had, and and just doing all these things. And he comes through this town, he comes through this one town quite often, and this, the Bible calls her a Shunammite woman, don't even mention her name, she just calls her the Shunammite woman, and she was a, uh, she was a well-off woman, so she had some, she had some means about her, they were, they were wealthy. And she, one day she told her, and, and the Bible said that every time Elisha would come by there, he would stop in their place for bread. And this woman, this woman, uh, told her husband one day, this woman told her husband one day and said, said, Honey, I think that this is a true man of God. And she said, We need to honor him. And she said, So what I want to do is I want to build a room out on the side of our house so that when he comes by here, he'll have his own bed, his own table, his own chair, his own place to where he can rest and eat and sleep. And, and she said, And it'll be just for him. Anytime he comes by, he can stay in that, that, that room. So they did that. They built a place for her. So, so Elisha, when, when this happened, Elisha sent his servant to her and said, call, call this woman in here. And she came in and he asked her, says, what, what would you have me do for you? And she says, I don't want anything. She said, I'm well off. She said, I've got everything I need. I don't need anything. 
And she said, I just want to honor you. And, and the Holy Spirit, or, or God, spoke, you know, spoke to him and said, said, uh, said, she doesn't have a child. And he spoke that out. And he, he looked at her and says, he says, you don't have a child, do you? And then, you know, she probably went to pieces because, because she's like, oh, no, don't. She said, don't even, don't even go there. You know, but he, and, and the prophet said, about this time next year, said, you'll have a child. And she's like, no, no, don't say that. She said, you know, I, she, you know, it's not written in there, but she's probably saying, but you don't know how long we've tried. You don't know how many doctors we've been to. You don't know what all we've been through trying to have a child. But the prophet said, because you honored me, God's going to honor you. And sure enough, that time next year, she had a son. And man, I mean, it was wonderful. And, and you know, and, and the, the relationship kept going. And then one day, uh, Elisha's in a whole nother, a whole nother uh, part of the country. And he sees, he sees the, the Shunammite woman's uh, servant rushing in, running. And he says, he tells, Elisha says, go see what's wrong. Something's wrong. Because, you know, here comes this, this woman's servant coming. And sure enough, the, the son had died. So Elisha goes back, goes, goes back to the Shunammite woman's uh, house and, and she's like, you know, my, she said, she said, you know, you gave, you know, the Lord gave me a son and now, now here he is dead, you know, and, and she's all upset. And he says, he says, don't worry. He said, you know, now I'm adding to this, but, but what he was saying in essence was this, since you've honored the things of God, he said, God's going to honor you. And he goes in and lays down on top of that Shunammite woman's son and he comes back to life. And when she caught, when, when Elisha calls her in, there's her son back to life again. And it's all, it all started when she honored the man of God. When she honored him with, with a room, when she honored him with, with, a, with a table and with a bed and with a, you know, a chair or whatever the case may be, she honored him. And because of that, she got a son. And then when he died, his, her son came back to life again. Listen. Whatever, when, when, you, when, you, uh, when you honor God, Proverbs chapter 3, last scripture, and we're, we'll close with this. And you guys know this, this scripture well. Proverbs chapter 3, and this is verse, uh, verses 9 and 10. Solomon said this, Honor the Lord with your substance, and with the firstfruits of all thine increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. The promise of honoring God, the, the reward of honoring God is this. When you honor, first and foremost, when you honor Him, but also when you honor His, His servants. And that could mean pastors and prophets and teachers and, and evangelists and apostles. I mean, that could mean all of that. But also, you know what? When you honor, when you honor each other in the body of Christ, you honor Him. And when you do that, when you honor God with what, he, with what He's given you, when you, honor, when you give honor to, those, to God and to, to His servants and to, other, to the other Christians and stuff, when you honor Him, God will honor you. Now, here's, here's the principle that I've always lived by. And I, I don't even know who I heard say this, but, uh, I mean, but, but it's such a good, such a good word. Uh, the principle that... that, that we, Excuse me. The station I've always lived by, as far as when honoring somebody, is this. You know, because because it's one thing to receive men's honor. It's one thing when I was praying for you guys this week, 
I was praying about, you know, you guys sending us to Hawaii, and, and I was just thinking, you know, God, you know, we're so blessed that, that, you know, you guys believe in us and trust in us and love us enough to do that. And, and I was just asking the Lord, Lord, how can, you know, how, how can, uh, you know, how can you, how can you even say thank you to that? And here's what the Lord told me in, in some of the things that he shared with me. He said this, he said, Stephen, he said, uh, he said, Hawaii is going to be great and you're going to have the time of your life. He said, but then listen to this. Here's what he said to tell you this morning. He said, but I want you to tell the people that what I'll give them, Hawaii can't touch. Here, here's, what, here's the principle that Stacey and I have always, that we've lived by. You know, it's one thing to be able to get men's, men's honor. And everybody likes to be honored and likes people to, to like them and everything. But man's honor cannot even touch when you're honored by God. And I would rather, I would rather receive God's honor than man's honor any day. And, you know, so therefore, when we do things, when we serve, when we give, when we, you know, everything we've done here at Destiny, listen, it's not about receiving the honor of men, but it's about receiving the honor of God. You know, I mean, it's about doing it for Him is what I'm saying. We honor God in, in our service. You honor God in your service. You honor God even in your sowing, even in your giving. You honor God in that. You're honoring us, but, but it goes greater than that. You're honoring God in that. And because of that, His reward for you is far greater than a trip to Hawaii or a, that, it's far greater than, a, a, than you can put a, va- a money value on. It's far greater than you can put, uh, you know, that, than you can think of, you know, the reward. It's far greater than that. And I just want you to know, when, when, what, the Lord, what the Lord told me to tell you this morning was this, that those of you that sowed, those of you that, that have put anything, anything toward us whatsoever, the Lord just wants you to know that, that His reward for you is going to be so much greater, that He's got things planned, He's got, I mean, He's got rewards for you that are, that's just going to blow you away. Because you've been faithful to do what He's asked you to do, then He's going to do what you haven't asked Him to. And some of the things that you've been asking for, some of the things that, some of the desires that's been on your hearts, I believe that God will, God is going to, that you're going to start seeing some of those, some of those dreams, some of those visions, some of those things. You're going to start seeing those come to pass because you've been faithful in doing and honoring God. So what is, what is honor's reward? Honor's reward is the fact that Yes, you honored, you're honoring us, you've sowed into us, you, you've done that, but you know what? It goes far greater than that. The, the reward is not a, not a natural reward, it is a supernatural reward. And it's a reward that you're going to be blessed, you're going to be honored. God, God is going to honor you guys because of what you've done for us. And I just speak that over you guys right now. I, I speak God's honor and God's favor over you. And that, that the things that the things that you've been believing for, I believe there's going to be a supernatural release Amen. of things in this body because because of how you guys have honored us. Amen. And I, I speak that and I believe that over you guys. So from from the bottom of our hearts, Stacy and I just want to say thank you for what you for what you've done. Thank you for honoring us. Thank you for, for trusting us. 
and coming back every week. Thank you for, you know, uh, that that you that you guys that you that you found a place at Destiny to call home. And we we Stacy and I are so honored, and Noah and Joshua too. We're so honored and and just blown away by your generosity, and and we just want to say thank you for that. But but even more than that, I believe God's thank you is going to be so much bigger than just me patting you on the back or hugging you or shaking your hand. Amen. I believe I believe that the rewards that you're going to receive from God are going to be astronomical, and they're going to be supernatural. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Well, let's pray, and then we're gonna we're gonna be dismissed. And um, I don't know if they're ready for us back there or not, but we'll surprise them anyway, I guess. <clears throat> so, so let's pray, and then and then we. I do encourage everybody if you can stay and eat, uh, stay in fellowship with us. We encourage you to do that. I, I'm, uh, we'll pray over the food. We'll pray for multiplication, even if you didn't bring nothing. And and we know that there'll all, there's always enough. So so we'll pray for. Uh, that God will multiply the food for everybody. Amen. So, uh, so I pray that you that you'll stay and that you'll uh, enjoy uh, fellowship with us here this afternoon. So let's pray and then we'll be dismissed. Father, we love you, we honor you, and Father, today we we truly do honor you. Father, we esteem you, we value you, we make much of you, Father. We appreciate all the blessings, Father. We never we never want to get to a place where it's said of us that we despise the things of God that we take them lightly, that we think we, we don't appreciate them. But, Father, we appreciate everything that you do for us. And, Father, we want to make it a point to say thank you. We want to make it a point to, to, always, uh, to always point out how blessed we are because of you. And, and, and we want to honor you in that way, Father. Help us. Holy Spirit, show us areas in our life where, where we have dishonored you where we have despised things of God. Father, and help us to turn that around and help us, each one of us, Lord, that every one of us would become that vessel of honor that we saw there in 2 Timothy. Lord, that, that says that is fit and meet to use at the Master's pleasure. So thank you, Father, for allowing us to be that vessel of honor that you can pour your Spirit through. And Father, help us. I believe one way that, that we become that vessel of honor is when we honor all the things of God. And we keep you first. And we, we always, we always uh, know that, that our blessings come from you. So Father, I pray blessings on each one here today. Father, for everyone that has sowed anything into uh, this trip that, this, that the church has blessed my family with, Lord, I just pray, Father, a hundredfold return. Father, I pray a supernatural return. I pray a supernatural increase in their finances, Father, in their, Father, that debt cancellation. Father, what, however, however you see fit to bless them, Lord, however you want to honor them, Lord. But make it in such a way that they'll know, Father, that because they honored you, that you're honoring them. Father, it's Scripture. You said it in your word. Those that honor you, you will honor them. And so, Father, thank you for that. We pray blessings over each one. Father, now we bless the food that we're getting ready to eat, and we pray we bless the fellowship time, Lord. We thank you for taking sickness and disease away, bringing health and prosperity, Father, in our lives. We bless you and we honor you today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless Don't you. Don't go anywhere yet. Don't go anywhere yet. We do have prayer tonight at 6, by the way, too. Josh, can you put up number 6, 24 to 26? Number 6, 24 to 26. Can you do that? You don't scripture, know how? Number the scripture. Six. The book of Numbers, chapter In 6. In the NIV.
number 6, 24 to 26. So, and then, um, Noah, can you come up here? And Miss Stacy, can you come up here? And then Josh, can't do it? Okay, come up here. It's all good. So we just want to pray over the uh, family, send them off. Um, wait on Josh to get up here. It's good. I know they're excited. I'm excited for them. So, good. So everybody, y'all just stretch your hands um, towards them, and uh, let's just we're gonna just pray over them. Um, Father, we do just thank you for this family, Lord. We thank you for their hearts. We thank you for the vision that you gave them over 18 years ago, and Father, how they have they have done what it is has taken, Father, to um, to be obedient to you, Father, and, and the, the sons that they've raised, the heart of God that's in both of their sons, Father. We just thank you that we get to be a part of this fellowship and and the the heart of this pastor and his family father and we just lift up this trip to you to you father Lord, we just thank you that that every single day father that they will see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living that they will they will that, father that you will just be calling out to them every single day as they look upon the beauty of your creation um, on land and under the water, Father, that they'll, where they'll be, Father. And we just thank you for safety. Father, we thank you for just supernatural favor, Father, that, that people will just be giving them things, Father, even on this trip, Father. Lord, that it'll just, they'll come home with more than what they took, Father, in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just thank you. And again, as Pastor said, we bless those that have sowed, Father, through, even through prayer, financial, um, anyway, Father, we just thank you. But, but Lord, we thank you for a safe trip and a safe return and for amazing stories, memories, and even just a bond and a connection in this family um, as they go and they travel, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, and we just... Um, is this the total... Okay, so we just thank you, Papa, for the ways that you've blessed them, the way that you've um, poured into them so that they can pour into us. And um, we thank you, God, that you're the God of provision. Guys, we have collected $15,027.87. So that literally almost completely covers. So um, we just pray for the plane, for the boat, for... Um, the submarine, all the travel. We thank you, God, for travel, and we thank you that they're made for it. We thank you, God, that um, you are with them every step of the way. We just speak peace, especially over the travel. And, God, we ask that you would give them words to give to others, and others would give them just supernatural encouragement during this trip, that they would come back rested and refreshed. Um, and I just release over you numbers 6, 24 to 26 is the priestly blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord turn his face upon you and be gracious to you. No, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace in every step of this journey. Yeah, we just love you guys. Yeah, amen. Now, let's go eat. <laughs>